Jay finishes his shot. And then a blast from the point that Ronta kicks free. Grizzly there. Now another opportunity. Pasternak and Ronta ready. The first two shots Ronta's seen here in the game after almost five-plus minutes of play. In the slot in front. The brush gets to it. Ronta makes the save. And we'll have to cover that up. Special pass intercepted. And an opportunity coming into the hurricane zone. Slavin gets all the way back. And he's able to take down Wagner. Now Boston's penalty killers making life difficult for the Carolina Hurricanes. Two shots there on the power play for Carolina. Now a chance on Bucco score! As Stahl finds Pesci! And Brett Pesci rips it through Swayman! And it's a 1-0 Hurricanes lead. Off the draw, saved by Ronta. Puck still loose, Bergeron tucks it through and no score. This is the top line for the Bruins, and they come up with the answer to tie this at one. Anita Ryder behind the Boston Nets, sitting out front, the score! The captain, Jordan Stahl, and 33 seconds into the period, the Canes get the lead. Watson has it in his equipment, he doesn't know it's there, still loose, they put it on the score! Jake DeBrusque has the puck took an odd bounce off the boards. It was in Ronce's equipment. The officials are discussing play right now, but for the moment, Boston has tied this at two. Royal with it. Top of the circle. Across shot, they'll score. Marshan on the power play. Now the question, was it at the end of the five on three where it looks like it is? But Marshan picks it under the bar, and the Bruins take the lead. 44 seconds to take advantage here is backhand chance by Jarvis Swayman with the save. Step on on the draw, it's pushed back. Clock hits zero, and the Boston Bruins have even this best of seven series at two games apiece with a 5-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. That didn't go very well in Boston at all, did it? 4-2 on Friday, 5-2 Sunday afternoon. That's not a good Mother's Day offering. If you ask me, we're brought to you by the aluminum company of North Carolina. Don't take it out on these people. They're fine people. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. So if you want to make your home more beautiful on the outside, more energy efficient inside and outside, you need roofing or siding or windows, anything like that. Aluminumcompany.com for no obligation estimate online for that. All right. We're going to talk about a bunch of things here. You're going to hear from the head coach. You're going to hear from Brett Pesci. Um, and I know that a lot of you are mad. I think you should be mad. It all depends on who you're mad at. Because we, 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 we will get to the goal that was challenged for goalie interference and allowed. We will get to that. But if that's the takeaway, then you're mad at the wrong things. The problems for the Carolina Hurricanes started early 
they started early with bad penalties, unnecessary penalties. All right, definition of a necessary penalty. Nino Niederreiter's tripping of Craig Smith in the second period that ultimately led to the game-tying goal. That's a good penalty. It's a penalty that had to be taken. I mean, didn't have to be taken, but it was taken in the defensive zone to prevent a scoring chance. That's a good penalty. Definition of a bad penalty. Jordan Stahl hooking Curtis Lazar 140 feet from the from the goal in the first period. Didn't hurt, but it's a bad penalty. Andrei Svechnikov retaliating against, who is it, uh, Derek Forbert behind the net. Was Forbert holding Andrei Svechnikov? Yeah, of course. That should have been called. It wasn't. The official didn't see it. And then Andre cross-checks Forbert in front of the net. His own, the offensive net. Ajo has the puck, like, just, you know, inside the zone near the blue line, and the whistle blows because Andre does that. While Andre's in the box, Carolina's penalty kill, does a great job, collects the puck. Vincent Trocek could just backhand it down the ice, but I get it. Take a little extra time. And, you know, it's not a dumb play. It's unfortunate that he flips the puck into the crowd. Like, what did I just see? Again, this is not this is not a stupid penalty, but it's the kind of thing that can't happen, but did happen to Carolina tonight. Tevo Teravana takes a hooking penalty. I mean, that is what it is, right off a face-off. Um, I guess that was a defensive zone face-off. Uh, he goes, Niederreiter's tripping penalty was fine. Then I thought it was a, a, a questionable challenge at best. I know we've seen a 1,000 replays. I understand. My opinion of it was, at best, it's 50-50 call. And at that stage of the game, knowing that Boston's power play has been so good, Maybe no. But it's a risk. You assume the risk didn't go your way. Move on. And then it unraveled from there. It unraveled in the third. Marshawn's five-on-three power play goal. 43 seconds, 44 seconds. Personally, I think it was after, but they reviewed it and they came back at 43 even though officially on the score sheet it says 44. So Carolina still had 253 to kill off or 254 to kill off on the ensuing power play. They did because Boston took a penalty to negate the rest of the power play, but it didn't matter. Carolina got uh, got lost on a defensive zone faceoff. Pasternak got free in front of the net. Marshawn gives him a feed. Uh, and Brady Shea was behind the play. Sebastian Ajo lost the draw, fell down. It was just a comedy of errors. Uh, and the Hurricanes have been big-boyed by the Boston Bruins in two games at TD Garden. And they've been out-specialed for two games at TD Garden. So let's just <clears throat> let's just do this. Penalties in the game, I'm... I'd written down 9-4, but there was apparently a power a penalty 
uh, to Nick Foligno uh, for a delay of game in the last two seconds. So Carolina officially 0 for 5 in the power play. Uh, as Rod Brindamore pointed out during the postgame, yeah, it was really more like 0 for 2. Carolina did not have a lot of power play time at all tonight. Well, I mean, it's probably closer to 0 for 3. They had 6 minutes and 26 seconds of 5-on-4 time. Uh, and it was mediocre at best. They did get some shots. Early in power plays, they got chances. But for the most part, their passing on the first two power plays in the first period were just very, very suspect. Uh, or as my, uh, as my son says, uh, sus. Which actually is a fairly uh, interesting middle school term. Uh, but so it was nine five in favor of Boston today. So officially, Carolina on the power play in the postseason is two for twenty two. There's no way to dress that up as being good, right? Two for twenty two is awful. It's the kind of power play that gets you beat, unless you're doing the exact same thing to the opposition, but they're not. Carolina's penalty kill has, for the most part, been excellent. Yet, because there have been so many penalties, and I keep saying this, it doesn't matter how great your penalty kill is. If you give a team so many chances, they're going to cash in. I believe Boston was 0 for 3 in game 1 on the power play. 0 for 3. Since then, though, they are 5 for 19. You can't give up 19 power plays in three games. You can't go to the box six times a game and think you have a chance. They had to kill off nine power plays today. They didn't do it. They got seven of them. Two two bouts of five on three. Hey, look, I've covered every Hurricanes game this year, 82 home games or 82 games this year in the regular season. I mean, I, I have to go back and look at it, but... I mean, I don't think there were 10 situations in 82 where we saw significant five-on-three. Anything more than like 10 or 15 seconds of five-on-three time. We've had five of them in this series. Five of them in this series. It's crazy. They are calling a lot. And in a physical series, if they're calling a lot... You're going to be in the box too much, and that's where Carolina has been. That's where they've been. So we could go through all of it, but and you could be mad at the referees, but the bottom line is Carolina has been their own worst enemy. And special teams, we knew going into this series, if you lost the special teams battle, you were probably going to lose the series. Well, how would you term it? Carolina, officially 2-for-22, regardless of whether it's been that bad or whatever. 2-for-22. Boston, officially, 5-for-22, plus the shorthanded goal. Well, Carolina's 2-2 in the series. They're the better team, but the equalizer here has been Boston's power play. So if that doesn't change then the Hurricanes will lose the series. It's that simple. If Carolina continues to go to the box for silly reasons, 
We've had two delay of game puck over glass, right? I mean, we got that has to stop. The offensive zone penalties that have nothing to do with anything need to stop. You know, the Trocheck hook while already a man down in game three, which I believe led to the power play goal that made it, I don't even know. I honestly don't even remember, but we all know it led to a five-on-three, right? Which, yeah, the Carolina killed that off, but then couldn't kill off the remaining power play. That was the posture, not goal, uh, that ultimately put Boston ahead to stay. So these are the things that are getting in Carolina's way. Clean that up, you're probably okay. Five-on-five, they've been better. Five-on-five, I think the Hurricanes have been the better team, but... Six of Boston's 12 goals in the series have come on special teams. Six of half of 12. Carolina has two power play goals, but they're losing that battle. And again, as I've uh, talked about, said, written, whatever, if you give up a shorthanded goal, to me, that's a minus two. So the Hurricanes are, to me, minus five on special teams in this series. Minus five. Five goals to two for Boston, plus the shorthanded goal. That's it. As for the review, I know everybody's seen videos. I've seen videos. I've seen the same videos everybody else has. Uh, I haven't seen one from directly overhead, which I've been told shows even more definitively that blah, blah. Uh, It should have been goaltender interference. Like... Here's what I see. I see a loose buck in the crease, Brett Pesci, uh, either trying to um, give it to his goalie who couldn't find it, or maybe try to make a play. I see uh, the hand on his stick, his hand on his stick. Uh, You should never put your hand on another man's stick. I see his hand on his stick at least applying pressure to Ronta's pad. Maybe... To keep it still, I don't know. And Jake DeBrusque does go in behind Ronta's pad, uh, and maybe he levers Ronta's pad back. I don't know. But I don't know. To me, there's nothing definitive there. And I thought it was a risky challenge, one that, if Carolina lost, carried serious consequence because Boston was flying the adrenaline flowing through the that team was noticeable and now you just gave him more i thought the better part better play there would have be would have been eat the goal you deserved to be shorthanded there by the way it wasn't just the nino issue i'll explain why you deserve to be shorthanded there you give up a goal No big whoop. Go win the third period. You're the better team. Play five-on-five hockey. So, But Rod Brindamore chose to challenge. And if you don't get what you want, and how many times have we said that goaltender goaltender interference, who the hell knows what it is? It's like, what is a catch? We don't know. We don't know. It changes from hour to hour. If... I know they said because of the Nino Niederreiter situation in game one, blah, blah. I understand that. But this is game four. 
I just can't apply what happened in game one to game four. So my feeling on that is the better play would have been take it, you're 2-2, let's start the third period, even hockey, 20 minutes, better team, win the game. But you ended up killing off too many penalties. Uh, the Ajo high stick to Bergeron, which opened him up. I mean, I mean, it's you got to be responsible for your stick. But it's not like Ajo tried to perform eye surgery. So, uh, look, Carolina's been their own worst enemy. Real quick, on the, um, on the Niederreiter penalty. Because, again, as I said earlier, good penalty. It's one, you, one you're okay with taking because it takes away a scoring chance. How did that happen? How did the scoring chance come about? How did Craig Smith get loose down the left, causing Nino Niederreiter to ultimately commit the penalty? Brady Shea, bad pinch along the wall. Jordan Stahl couldn't keep the puck in. It gets out. And because Shea's pinch created the two-on-one, Nino was the one hustling to get back. Um, Mike Maniscalco's play-by-play call of that, and I've heard it, uh, Nino Niederreiter penalized for hustling. Yes, it was a penalty, uh, but his team put him in that position to have to do that. So, again, don't blame Nino Niederreiter at all. He did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. So, uh, two other things I want to get to, uh, and then uh, we'll listen to uh, the head coach, and uh, and Brett Pesci, and then we'll jump out of here. Um, it is Mother's Day, after all. In games one and two, it was really encouraging because the Hurricanes were getting contributions from guys who historically had not played well in the playoffs. Nino Niederreiter had three goals through two games. Vincent Trocek had two goals through two games. So the fact that Ajo had one, but and had played well, and I think for the most part, Ajo has played well. So the fact that Ajo... Or Svechnikov, Teravainen also has a goal, but the fact that their their star players hadn't really caught fire, had played well and contributed, the fact that that was the case, I thought, man, that's really good because you got the depth scoring. You know, the big guys will eventually show up. Woof. Um, nothing. I thought Svechnikov was terrible today. I thought Teravainen wasn't very good today. I thought Vincent Trocek wasn't good today. I thought uh, Aho was pretty good, not great. Obviously, nobody was great today. Uh, I've actually thought Brett Pesci was pretty close to great today. But for the most part, there's there's there were a lot of passengers for two games. But again, it's hard to tell because there's been so much shorthanded time, so much so much time in the penalty box. So what was Boston? Two out of six. Uh, yesterday or Friday, and now uh, two out of nine today. Was it 15 power plays the last two? I think they had seven the first two, so maybe it was two out of five yesterday, not two out of six. So Carolina needs better from some of their best players. Uh, I thought, and I have thought, Max Domi has been invisible. I think Martin Natchez... Uh, has had a couple of flashes, but nothing in Boston. Yasperi Kotkaniemi, hardly noticeable. Carolina's best players among their forwards have been 
Niederreiter, Stahl, Faust, which I guess is duh, Aho, and I think we're done. Jarvis might be behind him, but I think there's a pretty, like the Stahl line is the one line has been the best line. And the one line will get perfection again on Tuesday against the Bruins in Raleigh. And hopefully will restore order. But that doesn't change the fact that, like, I I didn't think at five-on-five the Bergeron line dominated the game. I think a lot of this comes from watching Boston operate with on a power play. Other than that, I think it's been fairly, you know, just, it's been good, but it hasn't been dominant. So here's my question. Where's everybody else? Where's the rest of the Hurricanes? Since Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak are not playing 30 minutes, where's the rest? They signed Jesperi Kotkaniemi to an eight-year contract worth $4.8 million a year. In their mind, he's their uh, number two center next year. Haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that Jesperi Kotkaniemi can man that spot. Haven't seen it. And if we're, if we're on the, well, he's not getting enough ice time, he's playing against fourth liners when he's out there. And he's not impacting the game. If you impact the game against players who are not as good as you, you'll play more. This just in. Like, Rod is not going to limit Kogniemi to 10 minutes because he's on the fourth line if he's kicking Boston's ass. But he's not doing that. So too many guys in Boston just didn't play well. And with all of that said, five on five, Carolina has been better. The second period was, I think, was the most disappointing period of this. If it wasn't the first period in game three, the second period today was the most disappointing for me because I thought Carolina was excellent. And then the penalty started and then it all unraveled. But then again in game three, I thought Carolina was excellent in the first period. The shorthanded goal destroyed them, and then it all unraveled from there. So, too many guys not playing well. Here's the opportunity Carolina missed today. You play a game against the Boston Bruins, and there is no 27, Hampus Lindholm, and no 73, Charlie McAvoy. What? That has to be your win. You, that has to be a road win. Or you must make B- Boston's depth play out of their mind. That did not happen. It'll be an interesting flight home for Carolina, or it was by the time you listen to this, an interesting flight home for Carolina, and they just need to be better. Two other quick things, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, the perfection line, those three guys, it's not all aligned because a lot of it is power play time. 16 points in the last two games. I had them for 10 today. They had six on Friday. 16 points in the last two games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Auntie Ranta probably wants the first goal back. I don't fault him on any of the others. The first goal you want back. Uh, he he did not anticipate uh, Patrice Bergeron being uh, there. Yeah, I think he thought the puck was going to come out the other side. Happens, but uh, that's the goal he wants back. Uh, and that goal was after an icing, I believe, against the fourth line and the third pair. 
uh, and it was just a, a, a train wreck. Um, Brendan Smith, who is who lost the uh, the faceoff? Whoever lost the faceoff, actually, I think it was Max Domi. Doesn't matter. Uh, faceoff lost. Um, Marshawn helps win it. It goes behind the goal. Pasternak goes to chase it. Brendan Smith's a little bit behind him. Uh, Pasternak's pass comes back through Smith. Ian Cole watching the puck. Uh, it goes to Bergeron on the side of the goal, uh, and he sneaks it in short side on Ronta. All right, Rod Brindamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, on the penalties and what they can do about it. I was I would have bet my life on that one. So that you know it's tough because it's clearly. It's clearly, especially the view that we saw after, it's in between his pads loose. I'm all good with that. But the guy came from the side, pushes his pads, squirts the puck out, taps it in. A little different than maybe if the guy had come in for the front and was actually playing the puck. There's no, the pad, you can't play the puck when it's in between his legs from the side and knock the goalie sideways, turn it to squirt it out. If you can, then I don't know how Niederreiter's goal isn't a goal in the first game when they said 100% not, not a goal. So it's frustrating because it almost feels like we're living this again from four years ago when we had an issue, as you know, I'm not going to go into it, but it's tough, tough. We, I mean, they're too good a team. We'll just give them goals. We have no chance that we're going to get that happen. I mean, the rest of the penalties are real penalties. We took too many. Um, you know, I don't know what they ended up, how many. It was just felt like the whole game we were shorthanded and, you know, that they're too much. Those top guys are the lead as they come and, you just can't give them those looks. I think we had a good game going. You know, we made a, you know, a, we're up one nothing, and unfortunately we had a slip up and on the best players again, you know, just on that first goal, just lose coverage for no reason. And, you know, now the game's different. And then obviously what happened in the second happened. But, uh, you know, listen, it's a, it starts over now. We just regroup. I mean, we're, you should have a little emotion right now and it should hurt and it should, you know, bother you. And then tomorrow you start fresh and you're excited that we got a, you know, another game to play. Well, it was, it was better. We, we really had two power plays tonight. And I know they're going to say, oh, you had five. No, we didn't. We had two power plays and we had, they gave us one at the end for two seconds. It was one for six seconds. And another one was 40 coming off a kill. That doesn't count as a power play. So you had two power plays and we, we, you know, it's got to be better, but I thought we'd generate a couple of looks. You know, we'll keep going at it, but, you know, that, that's really all we had tonight. Let's hear from Brett Pesci, the Hurricanes defenseman, who I thought through most of the first period, really most of the first two periods, was Carolina's best player. And I don't get a chance to give him a star because Carolina lost 5-2. I don't know. I, everyone has their own opinions, and, you know, the refs looked it over, and um, they made a call, and... It is what it is. We move on. It's frustrating for sure, but like I said, the refs reviewed it, and um, you know they do a good job, and they're in the NHL too for a reason, being refs. So um, they made the call, and um, it is what it is. Move on. Uh yeah. No matter what, I mean, myself included, our penalty kill needs to do a little better job. Um, but yeah, um, obviously we could we could be a little more disciplined, but it is what it is. So, folks. The series is just 2-2. Just a 2-2 series. We're all good. Ladies and gentlemen, regroup. Come back Tuesday. Play a good game. Retake momentum. Go to Boston. Finish it in game six. Five on five, the Hurricanes are the better team. Stop playing shorthanded. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. 
We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Free no obligation estimate online can be had at AluminumCompany.com. You can follow the Canes Quarter Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you after every Hurricanes game because that's why we're here, to talk to you after every Hurricanes game. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts.